Hello. Welcome to Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. I know that soon we may be able to do a proper full recording with someone that doesn't even live in our house. That'll be exciting. But for today, just for today, it's still just me and Chris. Hello, Sorry. Chris. That's fine. We're happy with that. Some have said they prefer it. Imbeciles. <laughs> so, yes, for today, it's still just me and Chris. But we do hope to get a exciting person from the outside world to come back in with us soon uh we're working on that we'll see how it goes right hello hello this feels like a while since we last recorded yeah, a couple it? of weeks couple of feels weeks feels like ages not much happening though haven't got any news have you i don't think this is really the forum for news <laughs> i thought people might like to just hear if anything interesting's happened but i don't think it has okay so let's launch in then to today's mini stranger what we're going to be talking about takes us back, back to the fens. Ah, yes. It's been a while, hasn't it? I'm, I'm not sure there's been really any fen incidents in the time that I've been involved. I suppose well, the toad men were a bit the fenny, The toad men they? were a little bit fenny. Um, and of course, before the toad men, we had some quite fenny goings on. Oh, yeah. Joe and Katie, of course, love the fen talk. So they're not here, but we're going to plough on anyway for some fenny tales. Sorry, Joe and Katie. I think we're kind of back on similar ground to the toad man in a way. We're back in the the kind of folklore, um, strange phenomena, mysterious creatures, that sort of thing. I should say we're drinking some homebrew, but don't think that that means it's just shit beer because it's quite good. Chris, tell us about the beer. Chris always tells the ingredients and I sort of just stir, I boil, I sparge, but I don't do the nitty gritty of measuring and understanding what's actually happening. I mean, it's it's broadly an American pale ale, but it is interesting from uh, our perspective because it's the first time we have put our own beer in a polypin. Yeah, we put it in a polypin. Um, it's not very pale, though. No, I was thinking that. I was expecting the colour to be, to be paler, <laughs> if I'm honest. I'd say it's a sort of like a bitter... Or even darker. Yeah. Well, there you go. It just goes to show. Well, look, we should give it a name that's in keeping with today's episode. Why don't we? I'll, well, you should be the one I'll who gives it the, the name. I'll tell you the story, and then we can decide at the end what we want to call the beer. That can be our final thing for the day. So be thinking. Okay. Get your thinking I'll keep it on. in mind. Actually, I've got one in mind already, but um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's a foregone conclusion. <laughs> well, no, not at all. You might come up with something better. Okay, so we're the Fens. We're not the Fens. We're back to the Fens. We're in the Fens. So let's just try and get back into the mindset of the Fens. Bogs. What era? Uh, all eras. Oh, okay. It's it's one of those. So, you know, <laughs> boating holidays. No. No? Not Alan Partridge style. Well, you said you said get in the mindset of the Fens Fine. and then said it was all eras. <sighs> Pre-20th century. Okay, right. So 17th, 16th. Right. Maybe even 15th. Okay. Maybe as far forward as 19th. Okay, but not 20th. But not 20th. But we, you know, we'll see why. What we're going to be talking about today is mysterious lights in the fens, sometimes called Willow the Wisps. Ah, uh, yeah. 
strange lights. Um, and of course, as with many things, there being a kind of not really an understanding of why these lights occur, uh, they become uh, explained by supernatural phenomenon and they become crucial elements of the folklore of a region. Tell me what you know when I say will-o'-the-wisps. Well, because I'm of a certain age, my mind immediately turns to the cartoon of the, I guess, late 70s, early 80s, Will-o'-the-wisp, featuring the voice of Kenneth Williams as the titular Will-o'-the-wisp. Um, you're looking confused, which I no, assume means you're probably slightly too young. No, what, why I'm looking confused is I was trying to remember if Kenneth Williams wrote The Wind in the Willows. No, that's Kenneth Graham. Okay, so... Ke- Kenneth Williams from the Carry On films. <laughs> of course. Well, that was my other thought. I Nasal, was like, it's old, either... camp Kenneth Williams. I thought it's either Wind in the Willows or it's Carry On. Well, I guess Wind in the Willows and Willow the Wisp has a slight... Uh, a folky element. A similarity in terms of the, the sound of the words. I so, was Willow the Wisp quite camp? In well, this you, well, TV I mean, show? It was the voice of Kenneth Williams. I mean, I suppose probably when I was a seven-year-old child watching it, I wasn't thinking, oh, what a camp willow the wisp. But Kenneth Williams okay. is quite camp, isn't it? Yeah. Wasn't he, rather? So I don't know about that, but I okay. think let's, let's... Let's let's gloss over that. Let's gloss over it. I let's could sing not... the theme tune if you wanted. Oh, go on. No, I can't really. Okay. That's disappointing. I don't think it will work. Why did you bring I it up I could tell it. Do, 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 do. Copyright. We can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> we can't do it. Okay, so... Now, just try and get yourself back into the funny mindset. Okay. Boggy marshland. Yeah. Twisty, twisty trees. You know what else I think of? Mist. The dead marshes in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes, that is their name. <laughs> that's what Gollum said. The dead marshes. Yes, yes, that is their name. Uh, yeah, that's fine. We can think of that. I'd say that's quite appropriate. Right. Okay, great. So think about that. But I reckon a few more trees around because okay. that's quite... Baron of trees, isn't it? And dark. The willow the wisp is a phenomena that mainly occurs at night. Right. So it's it's dark usually. So these these strange glowing lights, I'm sure many of you will be familiar with the stories. They've been reported for many centuries, glowing, flickering across the marshland. They're known by quite a lot of different names. Uh, willow the wisp being maybe the best known. Jack o' lanterns, lantern men, corpse candles. Oh yeah. Ghost lights, and one that seems to be quite specific to the East Anglian area, Jenny Burnt Arses. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking maybe we should call the beer. Right, Jenny Burnt Arse. Jenny Burnt Arse. Um, because of course, I've not heard that before. No, well, it's, as I say, it seems to be quite specific to the East Anglian region, but these kinds of reports of flickering lights, as we'll see, actually occur all around the world. But there's quite a lot of them from East Anglia. And that name, Jenny Burntas, does appear to be quite a local name. Also known by the name, uh, I do some Latin now, Ignis Fatuus. That translates as foolish fires. Uh, Ignis is fires, right? Uh, Yeah, Ignis. Yeah. Ignis, Ignis Fatuus. I think like Ignis Rock. No. No, not the same etymology. I'm going to just... Just gloss over my idiocy. Gloss again. Gloss again, Chris. Set the scene. Picture the scene. It's a dark night. You're walking home quite late. Maybe you've stayed too long in the inn in the neighbouring village. Maybe your work's run over. For whatever reason, you're coming back across the fens. It's dark. You might be on some kind of rudimentary path. Usually you know your way. But tonight, there's no moon There's a mist rising from the fens. You start to think, maybe I'm going in the wrong direction. Maybe you've had a few ales. 
You don't know where you are. You start to feel a bit confused, a bit disorientated. Then what's that across the across the marsh in the darkness? A glowing light. You think, yes, that's my route home. It must be the glowing light of a cottage or maybe it's someone who can help me on my way. So you you start towards it. As you approach, the light's gone. But another light, a little further away, mm. you think... I'll keep following. I'll keep following. There must be a, a a source of the light which will help me. You follow the lights across the marsh and then suddenly blackness. All is black. No more lights. You're so lost now, lost and confused. You try to find your way back to the path, but instead you start to sink into the oh quaggy, miry mud. Sinking, sinking no, no, down. I don't like it. That's basically the story of the Will-O-The-Wisp. That's what they'll do. They'll lead you on a merry dance. That's the like, the crux of the story is the folklore. The Will-O-The-Wisp or the Lantern Man, the Jack-O-Lantern, the Jenny Burntas is a, a sort of sprite or a, a mischievous supernatural creature which will lead the foolish or unwary traveller off their path in the darkness um, and ultimately will lead them to a boggy, drowning death. But what do they have to gain from your boggy, drowning death? What does any mischievous, phenomenal sprite have to gain? <laughs> I meant phenomena, but I've said phenomenal. <laughs> Let's call them phenomenal. Um, just mischief. Right, OK. Just, you know, a, a, a kind of hatred of humanity. Right. A, a naughty way. A sowing confusion and... Yeah, discord. Yeah. So that's the, the like the basic story. A traveller is lured off the path by these flickering dancing lights on the marshes. Either the, the lights will move or the lights will extinguish, a new one will set up, um, and the traveller will be led across ultimately to their doom in a, a river or a bog. or yeah. a, You find it very distressing. My worst kind of doom, I would say. In a bog? Yeah, that idea of being stuck and slowly sinking what can you do about it nothing no just accept your own inevitable demise well you shouldn't have followed all those lights across <sighs> the marsh why did i follow those lights? why did you do it um anyway so these stories go back centuries they go back so far that the use of the term ignis fatuous foolish fire to make fun of these superstitions even this mockery of them goes back to the 16th century in 1563 william fork I'm not sure how you say his name. He was a Puritan theologian and he was a fellow of St. John's College, Cambridge. He wrote the following. Ignis fatuous, foolish fire that hurteth not, but only feareth fools. Which he was basically saying, it can't hurt you, only fools will be afraid of this foolish fire. So the stories predate that, obviously. Mm. So And then the kind of mockery of the superstition came in. No one, of course, listens to a boring old Puritan. Do they? So no. the, the stories persisted and the superstitions persisted for many generations. Beyond that, there are loads of sightings of ghost lights around East Anglia. Many, many, many. So I thought we'll just highlight a few that show sort of different aspects of the phenomena. And as I say, there's stories like this all around the world as well. So it's not just specific to East Anglia, but there are some specific stories from East Anglia. Are the um, the non-East Anglian or the non-UK versions of the story from similar environments? Yes. Is it always, it's always marshland. Usually marshland. Boggy marshland. Yeah. You think that's significant? Well, I'm just, you know. You're just raising it now. Yeah, just interested. In case it becomes significant later. <laughs> Can you give me an example of another such place? Uh, I mean, presumably we're talking European. Like you're no going to have an example very soon okay, from Germany. All right. 
fun. But first, let's hear a bit about how um, the lights were regarded by villagers in the old days. Here's a story from Norfolk, mm-hmm. from the village of Ersted. This story was recorded, there was a uh, the rector of this village in the... 19th century he decided he wanted to make a kind of parish history so he started to interview some of the people that had lived there for a long time one of whom was a widow called mrs lubbock <laughs> what a lubbock what a lubbock and uh, mrs lubbock related uh, some of her memories of village life to the rector who recorded them and some of these memories related to the lantern man she said that lantern men Dancing lights, flickering lights, had often been seen around the village of Ersted, particularly before the enclosure of the village, which has occurred, I think it was 1810. Uh, So she was saying, way back, we had all these stories about the Lantern Man. He would visit the village looking for victims. It was said that the Lantern Man was the spirit of a deceased villager who had been a a criminal, a 'er ne'er-do-well, and had drowned and was now roaming about the village and around the surrounding area looking for victims to lure across the marshes. Mrs Lubbock said she had seen this several times herself. Here's a quote. She had seen him on rokey nights, misty. Right. Misty nights. That's a bit of local slang, is it? She said she described it as rising up and falling and twistering about and then up again. It looked exactly like a candle in a lantern. So she had seen this light around, around and about the place. Uh, it was most commonly seen around an area called Herd's Hold, which was out uh, in the fens just outside the village. This was said to be the site of the drowning of this criminal, who, Mrs Lubbock said, was guilty of unmentionable crimes. Huh. So the story went that they would see these flickering lights around and they said it's the spirit of this bad, bad man. I mean, what could unmentionable crimes be? So, so the idea, the flickering is um, is the spirit itself. It's not as though it's a spirit who's like carrying a lantern. No, the spirit in this situation, because they call him the Lantern Man, Jack O' Lantern. Um, I think half man, half lantern. It, is oh, carrying okay. the lantern. Right. Uh, Willow the Wisp. Interestingly, I discovered the etymology of that is that a wisp is a torch. Here comes Vin. Wisp is the torch. So Willow the Wisp basically means a will, torch of Willow. Will no 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 oh. no Will of the torch. Ah, so it's okay. like a, a torch with its own own will, with its own autonomy. Crikey. So that's what Willow the Wisp means. And the, the Lantern Man similarly is this kind of, I guess, someone carrying a lamp, but also that same idea of it's just a kind of a like spirit, a flickering spirit. The cover spirit. of uh, Led Zeppelin 4. Uh, you know, the Lantern Man. There's a Lantern Man, isn't there? On the cover of Led the Zeppelin only 4. Led Zeppelin cover I can remember is with all the silly women on the rocks. Oh, that's House of the Holy. Oh. No. But actually, um, probably, maybe that, I mean, I don't know, maybe that is, you know, they were into all of their kind of uh, mythology and stuff. Well, probably. Um, so that's one story. That was one belief about how these lantern men came to be was that they might be spirits of the dead. Um, and in particular, spirits of the dead that had a kind of uh, an anger or a, um, a resentment that they'd right. been a, a like vengeful a, spirit. Exactly. And there's also stories from Norfolk of lantern men angrily setting fire to structures where other lanterns could be seen. Because so they were a, jealous. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. So there's a story where a man, to kind of like mock the idea of the lantern man, he puts this lantern up just outside his house. And then in the story, the lantern man appears and sets fire to his curtains. <laughs> um, no one shall have lanterns but me. <laughs> I don't know. Is he jealous? Does he see it as a rival lantern? Or does he Does think, he dislike the mockery? 
I don't know. Um, and also stories of if you see them in the marshes and you've got a lantern and you get close, your lantern will like burst into flames. And that's the lantern man setting fire to you. These well, are just probably some that. Of the stories. I'm going to posit a scientific um, well, explanation. Well, why don't you there. hold on? Okay. Because we're coming to a scientific explanation. Before that, just one more little area that had lots of stories of ghost lights. The East Anglian coastal area is especially rich in stories back through the centuries of ghost lights, lantern men, will o' the wisps. Uh, locations such as Silum which has many reported such situations. Asylum's in North Suffolk. The very name of Asylum means miry place. Oh, I like it. So it's just the kind of place where a sort of mischievous lantern sprite would come and cause a bad time for everybody. There are many, many reportings in Asylum of flickering lights, uh, the Asylum lamps, as they were known. They're recorded in writing as early as the 16th century. They dance across the marshlands. They are stories of them leading people to their deaths, drowning in the river. So the classic, the classic sort of tale. Ghost hunter and Tory politician, James Wentworth Day. That's a sentence you don't hear often. I know, I was very surprised (laughs) when I discovered about James Wentworth Day, ghost hunter and Tory politician. He lived in East Anglia for most of his life and he wrote a lot. Again, it seems weird. Uh, He wrote a lot about ghostly goings on and strange phenomena, mysterious happenings in East Anglia. Um, And he wrote about the Asylum Lights in his book, Here Are Ghosts and Witches. Here they are. Here they are, 1954. And he comments, he writes writes up some stories of the Asylum Lights and different um, sightings, the supposed deaths that had occurred by people following these lights across the marshes. He comments that after the Asylum marshes were drained as part of the land reclamation project, reports of the lamps became few and far between. And we've talked before, of course, about the land reclamation project. Mm, but we, the draining of the fens in that sense was much older, wasn't it? If we were talking, he's writing in like the 1950s, right? Sure, but he's saying he's looked right back oh, at, I see what you at, mean, at right. historical accounts okay. of them. And he's noticed that after the draining of the fens, many fewer accounts Well, exist. I mean, if your aim as a malevolent spirit is to uh, draw somebody into a boggy death... Once that bog does no longer exist, the boggy death no longer exists. Well, that's true. But that also leads us to the generally accepted scientific explanation. Now, this is just pissing on everyone's chips because (laughs) we all like the stories, don't we? Yeah. Of the mysterious, weird folklore, strange things happening. And actually, we like stuff that is unexplained. But I'm afraid there is an explanation. You're going to ruin it for everyone. Yeah, I'm going to ruin it. So if you don't want to hear the explanation, just turn off. Just pretend it's mysterious below the wisps leading people to their deaths across the marshes. Now, do you do you have an inkling? Well, I'm guessing it's some kind of gas, isn't it, that is produced by the uh, marsh? Marsh it's, gas, even. It's classic gas. Yeah, which might explain why if you have a lantern, <laughs> it will ignite. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's classic gas. So, marshes are riddled with decaying organic matter. Oh, God. Riddled with it. Right. Just, you know, a dead rotting tree trunk might be in there. All manner of probably small dead animals, like bad fungus, who knows. It's a melting pot. Squelchy stuff. Yeah. Bad squelchy organic stuff. Stuff down in the earth, you know, all kinds. So the process of decay causes various compound gases to arise up, including the famously flammable methane. Yeah. But also some other flammable gases, they like bubble out of the marshes, and if they combine in the correct 
elements if you get the right kind you know two of these flammable gases erupting at the same time they can combust so you don't need a um a source a a spark no just the chemical reaction of methane plus another gas yeah is enough to create. i i have to say i didn't write down all the names there is a, a very good article in the 14 times from a couple of years ago about all this and it explains like here's all the gases <laughs> all this business i thought for our purposes all I need to say is... It's just not to say, gases can combine. Compound gases. Yeah, exactly. we don't know about science really, do we? No, and I'm not going to pretend I do. But the, the process of decay sends these different, produces these different gases, uh, sends them up, and then in the right circumstances, they may combust. And you get these little uh, flickering lights, dancing flames, um, that is the gas basically burning away yeah. on the surface of the marsh. You asked for some examples from elsewhere. Yeah. So here, one of the one of the reasons that this theory of the of the gases was put forward was the writing of Major Louis Blesson, who spent some time in Germany, and he wrote quite at length about his observations of some marsh gas. Uh, what a fellow! He wrote about it in the Edinburgh New Philosophical Journal in 1832. I'll tell you what he said. So during the day, while in a marshy area. Don't know what he was doing. Manoeuvres? Yeah, probably. What are majors doing? Observation. Yeah. Training. Building a trench. Something like that. Uh, so during the day, he observed gaseous bubbles rising from the marsh. And when he was in the same area at night time, in the dark, twilight, he noticed that in the same spots where he'd seen these gassy bubbles arising, there were flames observed on the, on the marsh. So they're at floor level? Yeah, but they might be grow high right tall and wispy yeah exactly tall and wispy here's a quote from major louis blesson he sounds like a just from this quote like he sounds like he enjoys life <laughs> you will see what i mean he says to my great joy i actually observed bluish purple flames and did not hesitate to approach them on reaching the spot they retired and i pursued them in vain all attempts to examine them closely were ineffectual so he keeps, I just imagine him. They raced away from him. Exactly. Like he keeps seeing these flames and he's like, ah, he's so excited because he's like, oh, I've made such a discovery. Well, but maybe that's the Will-O-The-Wisps playing their game. And he's like, here's one. I'll run towards that one. Oh, it's gone. There's another one. I go to that one. So The Major's lucky he's still with us. <laughs> he could have drowned in a miry yeah. bog. That's true. So it's quite a comical scene, but... Probably what happened was, as he approached the uh, the area, his his footfall sort of disturbed the gases and dispersed them. So the effect of the they were no longer combustion was no longer there. But it's really easy to see how you would get from that to these stories of the gases, like the yeah, lights disappearing at the point exactly, which you approached. and leading people across the marshlands that one extinguishes and then you spy another one and then you follow that one. So you can see how that leads to these folklore developing. So that's the kind of scientific explanation. Just a little side note that I thought was interesting. There are also stories about strange lights being glimpsed in graveyards. And oh. they're particularly the corpse candles. I was going to say, because decomposing bodies uh, similarly are producing all manner of uh, chemicals and gases. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so the seeing these lights in, in graveyards, what was assumed... Again, in with the lack of a scientific explanation, what was assumed, which kind of makes sense, was that these lights were spirits mm. leaving the bodies of the recently deceased, which you can see that logic. But actually, it's probably, again, this thing that you've got this decaying organic matter 
and the combination of gases rising up to the surface can result in this combustion, flickering corpse candles. Not like the Hand of Glory? No. Where somebody has intentionally created flame from organic material. Do you want to tell us about the Hand of Glory? I believe it was a, normally, well, it was the severed hand of a corpse, I think usually a thief. I definitely think it's a criminal, isn't it even a hanged man? Is it? Yes, possibly. Um, and the idea is that it would it would put those who were exposed to it uh, into a deep sleep. Mm. So it was used by thieves, wasn't it? But the yes. idea was you could you could take the hand of glory. So it would be a hand turned into a candle. Essentially, you would ignite the fingers. Okay. And the hand the thief would use the hand of glory to enable themselves stealthy um, introduction. Stealthy stealing. Yeah, into the. Uh, Premises that they wish to burgle. And so, how often could a hand of glory be used? Well, if I guess only once. To it? Yeah. But and do you and, leave and it behind? Oh, I don't know. It's the fatty deposits uh, of the body, isn't it? Yeah. That burn. So, in this, I mean, candles. What candles used to be made candles of tallow, are fat. didn't they? Yeah, exactly. We've all seen Fight Club. <laughs> oh no, they're making soap, aren't they? Not candles. Candles so are fat. Idea, I guess. Yeah, they're fat. Yeah, a finger of a um, of a corpse burning. Ooh. But that's that's not the same as no. The burning that you were talking of. The, corp- the corpse you, candles you were yeah, discussing. When are, you are think of thing. corpse candles, it's quite a good term, isn't it? Not as good as Jenny Burnt Arses. A bit more evocative than Jenny Burnt Arses. Yeah, Jenny Burnt Arses is the kind of country slang about yeah, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, on a, uh, just thinking about that, the decaying organic matter, ugh, from mysterious lights in the fens to bloody decaying organic matter, ugh, there's some supposition that the prevalence of sightings around the East Anglian coastline, of which, as I've said, there's many historically, it's related to the relatively young age, in geological terms, of the strata of the Earth in that area of East Anglia. So there's basically the same. There's organic matter in the strata in the East Anglian coastline, which elsewhere in the country would have been long fossilised but because it's relatively new it's still decaying and it's still issuing out these gases. Well, isn't it also about the kind of geological makeup of that area like I'm thinking of uh, you know, bodies that have been preserved in boggy land for example but, like there's something about the the boggy land which means that um, things are not decaying yeah. quite the same way. maybe and they're just decaying. Like peat bog is the one isn't oh, it? Oh peat bog. Oh Vin's trying to climb up Vin brought us a bird this morning. We oh weren't very God. happy about that, I must say. What's a fiend? I, um, I woke up to hear like a bad kind of snuffling sound. At first I thought Chris was doing weird snuffling, but I looked at Chris and he was just normal in bed. Yeah, and then I, I heard more snuffling. I thought, oh, Vin's snuffling with something. And it was a pigeon. What a terror. Oh, Vin. But I don't know because he's quite an old cat. I don't know how he managed to get a pigeon. Anyway, that's a sad tale, but I suppose that's nature's way. But whenever we sad for Vin that you took the pigeon away. Well, he was I was just to... getting tucked in. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to leave him devouring a pigeon in the corner of our bedroom. No, we couldn't have slept through that, could we? Once we... you knew it was happening. Once you hear that crunching of bones. <laughs> oh, it's like in Blackwater, which we watched in the week, when the crocodiles just crunching up the bones, oh. and at night they just hear it crunching. It was like that. Only we weren't scared because it was Vin and not a giant crocodile. We were just in bed, not in a swamp. No, much better. We weren't seeing any flickering marsh gases. Um, so, yeah, so there's some quite a lot of scientific writing about, you know, why do these gases appear? Why, sorry, why do these lights appear? Why do they appear in particular areas? But I say to that boo hiss, boo boo hiss to all of that scientific explanation. Yabu sucks. I say what we like is the interesting stories that rise up around 
that. And as we see kind of fears about what happens to you after you die, what happens to unwary travellers, what happens to, you know, 'er ne'er-do-wells, all of this stuff that then kind of leads into these stories growing up around these observed flickering lights much better. It's the desire of the human mind to rationalise things, I suppose. And then actually what is interesting is those rationalisations when they come from a kind of a uh, a thing of limited knowledge, I guess. Yeah, so it's, it's of course typical that we try to make sense of everything by giving it an explanation. Uh, and then when we have a, a kind of proper scientific explanation, it's it's never as fun or interesting, is it? Very dry. As, uh, <laughs> as the thing. But I still think if I was out in the fens at twilight and I saw a flickering a flickering light out in the distance... I think that would, even if you can say, oh, I know that's combusting marsh gas, I think that would still send shivers down your spine. I think that would still be a really spooky thing to see. So it can't, you know, science can't take all the fun out of everything, can it? Our human brains sometimes, even though we know something is, there's a good explanation, we still think, oh, but is there? Is there? Is there? Or is it a ghost light? Is it an air-do-well leading us to our death? And that's the folklore of the Willow the Wisp slash Lantern Men slash Jenny Burntasses. Which, unless you've thought of anything better, I'm going to decree that we call the beer. Because it has a kind of uh, like a savoury burnt flavour to it. Yeah, slightly treacly, isn't it? Yeah, so I think that's a really good name for the beer. Right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up and we'll go downstairs and have another pint of Jenny Burnt Arse. Delicious. Delicious Burnt Arse. Thanks, guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, As I say, I really hope that soon we're going to have someone else's voice because you must be bloody sick of me and Chris by now. But yeah, I hope soon that we'll be able to bring back some other characters for you to listen to um and as i think i said at the beginning of lockdown i've got all these good stories so we're kind of trying to line up some people when it's safe to do so that we'll bring back in and we'll get back on the road of booze mystery horror east anglia thank you very much